so thankful for Brother Eli and the song that he played. And um, I thought as he was playing that, that's that's my heart's desire that the Lord would just take our hand and, and just lead us today. Um, I thought this week I've been doing this a lot of years, and, and uh, I'm not um, still not learned how to how to preach or anything like that. And, and uh, that's something that man cannot learn. Um, but it has to be, uh, it has to come down from above. If there's, uh, if there's any, the Apostle Paul said it this way. He said, we didn't use enticing words of man's wisdom. But he said, we came in demonstration and power of the Holy Ghost. And so that's every God-called preacher's desire that the Holy Ghost would fall. Um, and, and it's our desire that it wouldn't just fall on me, but on you. Uh, that it would that He would just come in among us and take our hand and, and gently lead us. And, and if you're lost, that He would draw you uh, down to this altar or a place uh, of repentance and faith. Um, it takes that. Uh, it takes a... Uh, we were talking about it in Sunday school. And Brother Joe did a fine job and I enjoyed our class today and he was talking about um, talking about how God works and he works outside of this church and, and he works uh, he works through his church and he works through his people not just his preachers but his people uh, and his church and we have that authority um, we're starting 2023 today um, I thought a while ago we were um, 2020 sort of took everybody by surprise, um, and they kept they kept telling us, and they kept using words like the new normal, uh, and that scared me every time I heard the new normal. Um, it's 2023. Can I tell you I don't like the new normal? I don't. Um, what's going on with uh, with um, indoctrinating our children? I'm not okay with that. Uh, they're coming for them. That's why it's so important that you bring them into the house of the Lord. Amen. That's why it's important. We that are doing things with the youth, it's not for our benefit, but it's for theirs. Just knowing, as I said a while ago, that they'll have allies that I didn't have. And I'm glad they do because the world is, uh, we're upside down and it's a, it's a different culture. Um, but I'm thankful. Um, as I was just thinking and, and uh, how God has brought us through another year and uh, just thinking a while ago how uh, it's indescribable and unexplainable. The uh, Apostle Peter said it's joy unspeakable and full of glory. Um, but the ways that God has blessed me through my life. It's not a, a life that looking outwardly, not very many would long for it. But it's been an abundant life. And it's a good life. Uh, and I'm glad to say this morning that it's good. Uh, that, that God is good. That He's been good to me. Uh, but we start off this year and and uh, I don't like the new normal, and, and I miss our right hand of fellowships. Not that we should have one every week; that would become mundane. But but once in a while, 
if the Spirit strikes. I, I miss things like that. Uh, but at any rate, is there anything on your heart before we go further in the service? Alright, turn with me again to Luke chapter number 2. Uh, we preached out of there last Sunday and we're going to pick up the story uh, maybe from there this Sunday. Again, thankful for our visitors that are here. Thankful for all of our children that are here. Um, It's just good to meet with you in his house one more time. Luke chapter number 2, I do desire your prayers. I've I've thought of this scripture uh, really all week and not not anything uh, else that most of the time the Lord will give me other things to sort of tie in, but but not today. So uh, this may be a testimony service or if the Lord intervenes, I will try and preach, but Luke chapter number 2, starting with verse 21, and it says, When eight days were accomplished for the circumcising of the child, his name was called Jesus, which was so named of the angel before he was conceived in the womb. And when the days of her purification, according to the law of Moses, were accomplished, they brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male that openeth the womb shall be called holy to the Lord, and to offer a sacrifice according to that which is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and the same man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Ghost was upon him, And it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came by the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him after the custom of the law, then took he him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now let us thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, a light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel. And Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him. And Simeon blessed them and said unto Mary his mother, Behold, this child is set for the fall and rising again of many in Israel, and for a sign which shall be spoken against. Yea, a sword shall pierce through thine own soul also, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. And there was one Anna, a prophetess, the daughter of uh, Phanuel, the tribe of Asher, and she was of a great age, and had lived with uh, an husband seven years from her virginity. And when she was a widow of about fourscore and four years, which departed not from the temple, but served God with fastings and prayers night and day, And she, coming in that instance, gave thanks likewise unto the Lord, and spake of him to all them that looked for redemption in Jerusalem. And when they had performed all the things according to the law of the Lord, they returned into Galilee to their own city, Nazareth. And the child grew and waxed strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. Again, I desire your... 
uh, your prayers, not knowing uh, it may not preach for a minute, but but uh, I, I finished last Sunday, and we uh, last Sunday Christmas Day we talked about the birth and and the choices that we have, uh, and the choices that even the angels had, that the wise men had, uh, that the shepherds had, uh, that uh, that all men had uh, and has today. And we talked about those choices, that, and uh, that's still the most important thing that you will ever do, uh, is, is uh, when the Lord calls you and draws you, uh, that you will submit yourselves unto Him. And uh, it was said in Sunday school this morning, and I'm thankful uh, that you don't have to know much in order to be saved. Uh, you have to, uh, you have to have uh, probably the only prerequisite is an honest heart. And what do you mean by that? I mean you have to see yourself as a sinner in need of salvation. If you don't see yourself as a sinner in need of salvation, you will never be saved. And because you will never be convinced of that great need that all man has to be redeemed from, 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 from death, hell, and the grave. We have to be bought with a price. And until you see that need for thyself, you know, it's often been said that you can't help somebody unless they'll help themselves. And there's a lot of truth in that. Uh, we've tried to help people in life. Uh, I've tried to give them things. Uh, I've tried to do things for them. Uh, but unless they're willing to see that for themselves, uh, they will never change. Uh, and until a, an individual sees himself or herself as a sinner, they'll never begin to seek after a Savior. But there is occasions when the power of the Holy Ghost, and we talked in Sunday school, if it had to come from the lips, you might not like this today, but I'm going to say it. If it, if it had to come from the lips of, of an old-time missionary Baptist preacher, I would be lost. You see, I didn't grow up this way. But guess what? That didn't stop God from saving me. It didn't stop him from drawing me to a place of repentance and faith. It also didn't stop him from calling me to preach. Hey, you might not believe me, but that's my story. That's my testimony. So you don't have to know a great deal. But you have to see yourself when God reveals to you your heart's condition. Uh, when he revealed it unto me as just a young teenager, I was in a house of God. Uh, the, it wasn't a Baptist place, uh, but it was a place where the Spirit. I know a lot of people don't believe that. Uh, you know, uh, you know, the Baptists don't hold uh, don't hold the Spirit of God in their hands, uh, but He's everywhere. And so he was in that place that night, and re God revealed unto me. I didn't go there looking for Him. And you see, I didn't even know I needed a Savior until then. I didn't know that until He made me aware of the fact that I was a sinner. And so my heart was broken. And I'm going to come back to that in just a minute. But so, today you don't have to be a theologist, a theology expert. As a matter of fact, I marvel that God is able to save people who know so little such as me. 
But the good thing is, after that we're saved, He put a desire in there to learn more about it. And so I know far more about it now than I did then. I knew knew I'd been saved, but I didn't really understand everything that that that, that accomplished. But but I learned more about it every day. But at any rate, so Christmas is past. I've thought about it like this this week. Christmas is over. Now what? Now what do we do? How will this little baby, if we follow the progression of his life, he was still a little baby at this point. There were things according to the law of Moses that must be done. He didn't need to be circumcised in the sense that, uh, that, that it was started with. Uh, when God gave circumcision to Abraham, He done it because uh, we're sinners. And it was a way to show Abraham the rolling back and the rolling away of sin. The Lord Jesus didn't need to be circumcised in that sense because He was not like you and I. He was not born in sin the way we are. But in order to fulfill the law, He had to fulfill everything. And so it was the same reason why He was baptized. He had no need to be baptized like we do. But it was to fulfill all righteousness. And so He was circumcised at eight days according to the law of Moses. And about 32 days or so after that, a woman in those days, if she, if she had a male child according to the law of Moses, after 40 days, she had to go up uh, presenting him into the temple uh, because it took her purification uh, 40 days. If she had a girl, it was 80 days. Uh, but if she had a boy, it was 40 days. And so after 40 days, uh, they brought Jesus from Bethlehem into Jerusalem. Uh, they brought Him into the temple. Uh, there was a law that they had to uh, redeem Him back. And they had to pay five shekels or shilling shekels, I guess. Uh, and they had to pay uh, for the firstborn male uh, that came out of the womb. They had to buy back. And so they had to redeem Him back according to the law of Moses. According to the law of Moses, they were to bring a lamb, as we mentioned last week, except if they were poor. If they were poor, instead of bringing a lamb and a turtle dove, or a lamb and a pigeon, they could bring two turtle doves or two pigeons. And that's what they brought. And so He was born to meek poor parents. That was the lineage of the glory of God. Uh, the God-man that should come into this world. Uh, he didn't come in a palace, uh, uh, but He came poor. He didn't come the way men expected the Savior to come. See, that leads me to my point. Uh, uh, there were those that in those days, uh, they were looking. It had been 400 years since any new revelation had came from God. It had been 400 years since God raised up a prophet that had anything new to say. And so for 400 years, and they were, and God was silent as far as new revelation. And but see, He wasn't silent because they still had the, the old revelations. And they had the old Scriptures. 
And Jesus says in the New Testament, search those Scriptures because they are they that testify of Me. So He was saying that the Old Testament could indeed point you to the Messiah. And so, while they were 400 years without a prophet, they weren't 400 years without knowledge. And so for 400 years, uh, there was a group of people, a remnant, uh, much like there is today, uh, that held on to the belief uh, that the Messiah was going to come. And they were looking. They knew He was coming, but they had no idea when to expect His arrival. Uh, when would He come upon the scene? And so we, much like they, we know He's coming again. Now we don't know the time of His coming, but we know that He will indeed come because it's the promise. And so it was promised that the Messiah should be born. And He was born in Bethlehem of Judea. And so they have Him in the temple after 40 days. And in the temple there was a man, a man by the name of Simeon. And the Bible says He was a just man and a devout man. He was a man that according to the Scriptures waited for the consolation of Israel. Now what does that mean? Well that word consolation means comfort. He was waiting for the Comforter to come. He was waiting for the Messiah. He was waiting. He had read Isaiah. He knew that a virgin was going to conceive at some point. He had read Isaiah. He knew that a son would be born and a child would be given. He had read Isaiah. He had read Micah. He had read Genesis chapter number 3. He had read the laws of Moses that God was going to raise up a prophet. And so it comes down to it. And God tells him by means of the Spirit that Simeon, you shall not die until you've seen the Messiah. What a remarkable thing that that must have been. I understand a lot of people don't believe in the Spirit revealing. Now let me stop before you get mixed up. Before I mix you up, rather. There is no new revelation as far as doctrine is concerned. There is no new revelation of knowledge that has been withholden and hidden that shall yet be revealed unto man as far as doctrine and theology. There's nothing new. But, but, there are times God reveals things to His people. People don't believe that. They'll just say, well, there's no new revelation. That's right. But there is revelations that God gives concerning things that His people are praying about. Do you believe that? I believe that if God has sees His child praying and desiring, let's just take for example, when God sees you, mamas, when God sees a mama crying out for her lost child, I believe there are times God comforts you and says they shall be saved. I believe that because that's happened to me. 
I've carried burdens. And I mean heavy burdens. I mean burdens that, that, that we always say we I wish the lost couldn't eat and couldn't sleep and couldn't think about anything but salvation. I've carried a burden like that before. Where I couldn't eat and I couldn't sleep. And my whole reason for existing during those times was to pray, to be an intercessor, to cry out. And you know there have been times, not all the times, but there have been times where God has gently, by means of the Spirit, said, now brother... They're going to be alright. I'm going to save them. And you know as soon as that has happened, that burden has left me. You understand that? I don't know how many of our people even believe that can happen. But I believe it. And because it's happened to me personally, I can only speak that which I've seen and that which I've heard. Is what the book says. But there have been times, and, and so I knew that they were going to be saved. I just didn't know when that it was going to take place. And as many times as I would try to go back, and without fail, every day, I would try to pray for them. And I emphasize the word try. Because, because even though I was praying for them, that Spirit had broken that hold because I already had the answer. And so even though I still prayed for them and I still should have prayed for them, I knew from that moment on I didn't have that burden that God was going to hold His Word. And so Simeon had received assurance that he would not die until the Christ child should appear. And it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost. And so imagine his shock. I don't know what time or age of life that that was revealed, but I just get a feeling he waited a little while. I get a feeling that, that he waited. Abraham and Sarah waited 25 years from the time Isaac was promised until the time Sarah gave birth. 25 years. And for 25 years, they wondered, is it going to happen? Are we going to conceive today? Is it going to be this year? I can imagine at the start of a new year like this one, they would say, is this going to finally be the year? So for 25 years, and they cried out. And they waited. And they endured. But the Bible says how when she conceived, she laughed. In other words, it made her glad it was worth waiting for. It was something that they had a lively hope. But it was a it was a hope, but it was a lie. It was a living hope. It was it was a lie because it was the word of God. And so for years, Simeon had this hope that was alive inside of him. But day by day, and week by week, and soon the weeks turned into months, and soon the months turned into years, and soon the, uh, the vigor of his youth uh, turned in, and he got noticing gray hairs, uh, and eyebrows, uh, and a graying of his beard. 
But still he waited. He waited. You listen to me, child of God. I believe there are or at least one person here God has made a promise to. And you're still waiting. You listen to me. When that time comes, you will rejoice. And you will thank God for keeping His promise. And so the old man Simeon, maybe he was a young man Simeon when that was revealed, but now he was Simeon the age. And so he comes up by the Spirit. In other words, the Spirit grabbed hold of him and said, Simeon, today is what you've been waiting on. Today, you need to get up to the house of God. Let me ask you here. Have any of you, mamas, daddies, brothers or sisters, have any of you ever woke up or any of you do wake up on a Sunday morning and something grabs hold of you and says, get to the house of God now. You better listen. And so he said, Simeon, the time has come. And so Simeon the age, uh, with haste, no doubt, uh, ran in to the house of God, ran into the temple. He saw at that time Mary and Joseph carrying a little baby. Now keep in mind, he had been carried all the way from Bethlehem. Countless eyes had seen him. But everybody saw him as just a a poor baby delivered to a poor, poor carpenter and his spouse wife. That's all they seen. There was nothing spectacular. There was nothing about that child. And that screamed out a royal lineage of the line of David. There was nothing about him that screamed out that he was a holy child. Save to whom the Spirit of God did reveal it. Do you understand what I'm saying right now? It means that, that men and women by the millions, by the millions, have went through this life and saw nothing fascinating about Jesus of Nazareth but unto the one that God revealed exactly who He is to. To us, He's precious. And so, God revealed Him to Simeon. And Simeon ran up. He grabbed this little poor baby born to poor parents. And he picked him up. You know, as far as I've ever found in the Word of God that I can remember. And you feel free to correct me. But as far as I can remember right now in the entire portion of the Scripture, not one other, not one, not one mentions holding that babe in their arms. None. Say Simeon. Simeon knew. He said, Now let me depart in peace. In other words, and now, Lord, you can take me out of this life. I've seen everything that I desire. I have seen thy 
salvation. That's what he's saying. I've seen thy salvation. And now Mary and Joseph, the Bible said, they marveled at keeping mind. They had already heard what the shepherds saw. They had heard how the angels came out and lit up the sky and bowed down. They had heard what the shepherds said. The Bible says the shepherds made that thing known in Israel. Other people had no doubt heard by the mouths of those shepherds. Simeon had heard. Uh, Simeon maybe, uh, I don't know how God brought him about, uh, but by way of His Holy Spirit, Simeon knew. And so Simeon uh, came into the temple, laid his eyes on him, and said, Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Now I'm ready to die. Could I give you some sound advice? Don't be ready to leave until you find the Lord. Don't do it. There are people that leave this life every day. Young people. Babies. Old people. Ancient in years. They leave out every day. Don't leave out of this place until He's precious to your soul. And Simeon said, I've seen. I look into the eyes of a little baby, but the eyes of the ancient of days looks back at me. I have seen thy salvation. And Mary, the Bible says, she just began to ponder all of this. She remembered the words of Gabriel that the holy thing shall be called the Son of God. She remembered that. She remembered His words. She remembered the words of her cousin Elizabeth that said, the mother of my Lord. She remembered all of that. But then Simeon said, this child, as he looked into that baby's eyes, is set for the fall and rising again. I said I would get back to this. You have to have an honest heart. At some point when God is dealing with you, at some point, if you're ever saved, at some point there has to be a moment of unmitigated honesty. The Bible says this in Hebrews, uh, that we are naked and open before Him of whom we have to do. And that simply means we're naked in judgment. And so at some point, as God deals with your heart, you have to say, I am a sinner. You have to, or you'll never get saved. You have to have a broken heart. And what I mean by that, when you realize you are a sinner, your heart will be broken. And because when the Spirit reveals that, not like I can, men can terrify people. And the Spirit can too, don't get me wrong. But it's only the Spirit that can break a heart. It's the only person. But He broke it 
at least in a godly way. Let me back up. You can have a broken heart, but a spirit can break it in a godly manner. But anyway, there has to be a moment of pure honesty. I'm a sinner. Now what? What do you do with that? Well, you can't go back. You have two paths. You'll die lost or you'll get saved. That's really it. There's not an alternative. But the good news, I want to bring you good news of great times and good news of great joy. That's what the angel said. That that baby, when you follow the progression of his life, it said he was set for the fall. And so before you're saved, you have to fall. And you have to be broken. But when you are broken, and you begin to cry out under the One that is able to save, and He begins to pick you up. He does, that child is set for the falling and the rising. Thank God He caused me to fall. I never really thought about it like that particularly. But thank God He picked me up. Thank God He put my feet on a solid rock. And He established my goings. But that child, you're going to be judged in eternity for how you respond to the call of that child. See, it's it's, it's not the sins as you think that sends mankind to hell. It's not, well, you murdered somebody, so you're going to hell. It's not how that works. What sends you to hell is simply refusing the Savior, Jesus Christ. Failing to repent and believe. That's what sends man to hell. It's unbelief. It's wretched unbelief. And so you have to have a moment of honesty. That I'm a sinner. And then, then just as you realize your wretched condition, you know what God tends to do? By the same Spirit that said, Simeon, get to the house of God now. That same God that turns the light on and flips the switch will draw you down to the place where He will save your soul. For me, I came to the altar. I felt the tug. I felt the pull. I had a heart that was honest and broken. And I knew I was guilty. And so I failed. I failed. But as that child was set for the fall, so he was set for the rising. And when I rose up, saved by the grace of God, and then he said unto her, A sword shall pierce through your soul, Mary. He never said that to Joseph. See, Joseph wouldn't live to see the Lord crucified. That's my opinion. I think he died. But he did to Mary that a sword shall pierce through thy soul that the thoughts of many may be revealed. And so as Mary watched her baby, now aged 33 years, hang on on a cross at Calvary, on the hill of that mountain, a sword pierced through her heart. And the thoughts of many have been revealed from that crucified Son of God. See, if you follow the progression, that little baby 
And I'll leave you with this. Christmas is tolerated by much of the world. You know the remarkable thing is in the land of Israel. There's only, I believe it's a 2% maybe, Christian population. And out of those 2%, most are Roman Catholics and uh, and Arab Christians. And and there are less than 1% who believe in being born again in our kind of way. So less than 1% in the land of His nativity even believe He is the Christ. Isn't that a remarkable thing? It's sort of sad, really. But they've been blinded. But if you follow the progression, that little baby, he began to grow. I read that as the last verse, that he, he grew in favor and in grace with God and with men. And then that little baby, the next time you see him, he's 12 years old. And the next time you see him, he was making himself known unto Israel in his ministry. But that little baby grew up to be the man. And for the, for the most part, the world is okay with Christmas because, because they get things. It's a giving season. And they enjoy the getting. And they enjoy spending on themselves lavishly. They enjoy giving things to their children in a carnal manner. And so they, they tolerate it because it's a little baby. And what, what power could that little baby? But oh, as that child grew. They tolerate the babe in the manger. They despise the man on the tree. Despise him. But it's the same God. Amen. That baby grew up to be a Savior. And when your heart breaks, maybe it already has. I, don't, I can't see into your heart. But you, listen, children, listen to me. If it's not yet, as you get older, something's going to happen and you're just going to feel uneasiness. You're going to feel trouble. You're going to feel something you can't describe. You're going to feel something you never felt before. You're going to be sick. And you're going to be broken. You remember that babe in the manger. And you remember that man on the tree. That everything he did, he did to save you. And he will not refuse you. If your heart's honest. And your heart's broke. And you cry out by faith. Believing. In that condition. He will absolutely save you to the uttermost. He'll be your falling. He'll be your rising. He's set for that. Many fall and never rise. But to them that do believe, to them gives He power to become the sons of God. It's not my power, but it's His. But He gave it to me one night. And you know what happened to me? The most remarkable thing. I've not been the same since that night. Can't describe it. I don't want to worry your pet. Let me just say one more thing and I'll hush. You can't describe it. But all I know is my desire has been and loved. 
the Lamb of God since that night. Now, was it the first night I'd been told that He was the Son of God? No. Been taught that since a baby. But it was the first night that it struck me in that manner. And I broke. But since He saved me, I loved that man on the tree. I loved that baby in the manger. And you know what? I love that resurrected Son of God at the right hand of the Father. One day, just like Simeon, I don't know when, but it has been revealed unto me through the Scripture and through His words, and I'm going to be caught up into that place. Some of you, mamas and daddies, you've been waiting. Waiting for your children to get saved. Maybe waiting for them to tell. Maybe they told you privately. But they never shared that. Can I say one last thing? When that day comes, you will rejoice in God that has been faithful unto His Word. And if you should depart before that day comes, Hebrews 11 says, you will die in faith. Believe it. Isn't that a remarkable thing? What God has revealed to you, you might say, who am I? I'm not a preacher. No. They were just shepherds. Mary was just a poor woman. Joseph was just a poor carpenter. Simeon was just a poor man. Anna was just a virgin. But the Spirit in every one of those instances revealed a promise to them individually. Has He made you a promise? If He has, still pray for your young ones. Pray for your children. But you can rest assured God will keep His promise. Lord, I hope this is the year I hope 2023, I don't like the new normal. I want to make the old normal. I want to make this normal. We've got away from it. Let's get back to it this year. It starts today. That's our message. Come ahead with a song. If there's anybody that the Lord's dealing with your heart, now's the time. Now's the time. Not tonight. Now. Now you can be saved.